When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Everyone, I'm back with Nuggets Nation. This is episode 25, and this is your host, Ethan. I hope everyone enjoyed my last episode with Patrick Apino of the Warriors Oakland podcast. The two of us talked all things NBA trade deadline as well as where the Denver Nuggets go from there. We talked about the Golden State Warriors. We also talked about other teams in the NBA and how they are affected by the trades at the deadline. And most importantly, for you guys, I talked about the Denver Nuggets and where the Denver Nuggets go from here. And fortunately, they won Thursday night in LA against the Lakers. They unfortunately lost last night against the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento on a tough back-to-back on the road. And I am going to bring a recap for both of those games in this podcast today. But before I do so, I just want to announce a giveaway that I am doing. One of my first 500 subscribers on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever you listen to this podcast on, we'll have an opportunity to win a free Nikola Jokic jersey. Once I reach 500 subscribers, I will raffle and pick a random subscriber. And if you win, I will DM you and ask for your size and then ship it out on my dime. So it's really simple. So all you have to do is follow and subscribe. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out other podcast episodes because I bring a lot of great content talking all things Denver Nuggets and other topics in the NBA, whether it's the NBA trade deadline, potential acquisitions, though the deadline has passed now, and, uh, and other things of that nature, it's important just to follow along and make sure that you stay with me through this journey and this course of a season that we are on. So on that note, I want to get into the Denver Nuggets game against Los Angeles Lakers this past Thursday night. For those who were not aware, I made a slight mention of it in my episode with Patrick that aired yesterday. Him and I talked about how Kobe Bryant's statue was being unveiled that Thursday afternoon. Vanessa Bryant was there to give a speech about it. It looked incredible. The statue looks beautiful. And as a basketball fan, and even as a Nuggets fan, we can all appreciate Kobe Bryant's legacy and what he has done for the great game of basketball. And I think it's important just to point that out because it's important to carry on guys' legacies like Kobe and make sure that his name will always be respected and understood for generations to come so getting into that the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers 114 to 106 this was a really good game for the Denver Nuggets I thought they played really well as a team there they were without KCP in this game he's nursing a bit of a hamstring injury which he injured last Sunday I believe or Monday whenever they played last and 
they had three guys who stood out for the Denver Nuggets. It was their three typical guys. I'd say their three best players, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. Nikola Jokic had 24 points on 13 rebounds and nine assists. He shot the ball 9-20 from the field, 2-6 from three, 4-4 four four from the free throw line. He also had three blocks, which was tremendous in a plus 10. So he was really valuable. Jamal Murray had 29 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists on 12-25 of 25 shooting, 5-9 of nine from three. He was incredible. He had two steals tonight. He was a plus 17. He was really valuable. And then Michael Porter Jr. shot the lights out the ball. 27 points on 11 of 20 shooting, which is incredible. 4 of 7 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, one of those being offensive, 2 assists, 1 block, 1 turnover for a plus 6. So those three guys are what made the difference for the Nuggets in this game. They were able to carry the load, especially without KCP and his defense. I thought those three guys were just really incredible tonight. They combined for 80 points, and if you're top three guys are going to combine for 80 you're going to win a lot of games because that means you have a good team and the back end or even the just latter two starting five guys they can step off the gas a little and they don't have to carry the load as much so Aaron Gordon actually played a solid game he had 11 points four rebounds and three assists with two steals and a block and the bench like contributed slightly I thought they struggled at times Jamal Murray was getting triple teamed it seemed early in the second quarter when he was stunting with the bench unit and that's something that I'd like to see evolve for the Denver Nuggets bench unit is working with Jamal Murray so he doesn't get triple teams so whether it's playing Michael Porter with that lineup or Aaron Gordon they need some more flexibility you can't just have Jamal Murray out there with Reggie Jackson Christian Braun Peyton Watson and Justin Holiday or whoever it is out there he needs some options some offensive threat and just a shooter whether it's Michael Porter or KCP who didn't play in this game he needs some help out there and I know it's the regular season, but that bench unit is really killing the Nuggets' momentum and leads oftentimes in games because you can't put the starters right back in because they do need a rest. But you need to figure out a way to supplement the bench unit and not hurt the starters' leads consistently, which they've been doing too much of lately. But the Nuggets played well in this game. The fourth quarter, they were tremendous. They went on a 10-0 run to close the game out, which is really impressive. They just they showed their championship DNA and pedigree in this game, I would say. It was a really impressive game all around. The Nuggets were not rattled or were not phased at all throughout this game. When when things got tough, the Nuggets really didn't shy away from it. They embraced it. They played physical. Anthony Davis had a great game. LeBron also played pretty well. So like the Nuggets Nuggets, the Lakers are a good team, especially at home. I know their record is uh twenty twenty eight and twenty six, I think. And they're a good team. I know their record doesn't indicate that necessarily, but they have good players and they play hard, especially against the Denver Nuggets on national TV, especially on the day that Kobe Bryant's statue got unveiled. So this was a special game for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Nuggets were able to spoil that. Fortunately, Anthony Davis, he played really well. He had 32 points, nine rebounds, three assists. He was really impressive. LeBron also played really well. 25 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Austin Reeves, played solid he had 15 points 10 assists and their bench unit was all right Tyrion Prince had 13 points Christian Wood had three points Jackson Hayes played pretty well he had nine points just one play that really stands out from this game that everyone has probably seen highlights of at this point and if you haven't I highly recommend watching it because it's extremely worthy of watching so one of the last possessions for the Nuggets the Nuggets were up 111 to 104 at this point I believe or they were up like two, or they were up a, a possession or two. I can't remember the exact score, but Nikola Jokic 
his back is turned kind of to the corner and he's like at the free throw line and he's one-on-one and the shot clock is running down and Austin Reeves comes up from behind to try to steal the ball but without like seeing it Jokic just senses that he's there and throws it to Michael Porter Jr. who Austin Reeves was guarding who left him wide open and Michael Porter Jr. is one of the best NBA's three-point shooters you can't leave open or he's going to make that shot 99% of the time and he did and iced the game and it was fitting that Jamal Murray had the most Mamba mentality out there tonight I would argue on Kobe Bryant's night Jamal Murray's a dog he's got that in him he hit a big time three at the end of the fourth quarter to help put the Nuggets back up three points when they needed it most and he was hitting big shots all night and that's what he does he's a big shot gamer guy like that that is Jamal Murray to a T so when you have that guy on your team I think it breeds a certain level of confidence and freedom and just like also like safety it's a safety blanket knowing you have Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic on your team you got the league's best duo you got the NBA's best player you have one of the NBA's best gamers and scores and big moments and just big shot makers and then you surround them with complimentary pieces like I talked about with Patrick on the podcast yesterday in Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon and KCP you have the NBA's best starting lineup so the Denver Nuggets showed that against Los Angeles Lakers and it was really impressive I thought they, they played really well as a team. This was a really good game. This was one of their best wins of the season, I would say. A road win is never easy. And this was a really important game because the Denver Nuggets were 35-16 and 16 entering this game, and they were trying to get to 20 games above 500 for the first time this season, and they were able to do so. And they're on a three-game road trip, or they, were, they still are on a three-game road trip. And going off against Los Angeles Lakers was the first of three games on the road. And that was also the first night of a back-to-back, both of which were on the road. So it's really important to win that first night of a back-to-back on the road because that second night's going to be brutal, like we saw, which I'll get into shortly. And it's always tough winning on the road, much less on back-to-back on a road trip. So it's important to just start that road trip off with a win, which the Nuggets fortunately were able to do. And they they played good defense in this game. That That to me is what stood out. 106 points allowed is really impressive. The Los Angeles Lakers shot 46% from the field. They shot 32% from three, which is a really impressive number. They got 22 free throws, which was kind of asinine compared to the Nuggets. Seven, there's a massive free throw disparity in this game. Here's my problem. The refs are not calling games evenly amongst teams the Nuggets are playing. Jokic gets the lack of calls he gets is actually absurd. I tweeted about it last night when watching this Sacramento Kings game, and it's just so frustrating to watch because uh, Sabonis gets a call on the other end where he flops into Jokic, gets a foul, two free throws. Jokic does the same thing on the other end of the floor. A few possessions later, no foul. And then barks at the ref and picks up a T. Technical. T, technical for those who don't know. Um, and it's it's just frustrating because he needs to have some ability to yell at the referee because the calls are not being evenly distributed on both ends of the floor. I'm not I'm not here to say that like Sabonis didn't maybe draw a foul against Jokic, but it's got to be called evenly. And the Nuggets don't really get those even calls, I would argue. And I'm not here to say certain players in the league don't get their rightfully deserved amount of calls. Like one player spe- specifically that stands out to me would be like Steph Curry. He doesn't get the calls that he deserves. So I, I just think like for how good Nikola Jokic is, he doesn't really get to the free throw line that much. He averages like five, six free throws a game. So 
he deserves to get to the free throw line more. He gets fouled way more often than they call. He just makes a lot of the tough shots that he takes, and they just don't call fouls because he makes it. And the NBA is so flawed in that regard how they nowadays they don't call foul like questionable 50-50 fouls if you make it. If you miss, they'll call a foul like two seconds after the play's over. And it's just so fucking annoying when they do that, to be honest, because that's not basketball. Call the foul how it is. I don't care if he makes it or misses it. If it's a foul, you call the foul. And on top of that, when you call the foul two seconds later after the play, you're disrupting the momentum of the next ensuing play whether it's a rebound and they're pushing the ball for an outlet to be in transition or if they are just trying to get a second chance offensive rebound in that moment so it's just disrupting the flow of the game and the referees have got to do better there that's to me that's one of the most disappointing parts of our game today in the NBA is how it's called specifically after the after shots are taken the delay in which fouls are called is crazy long it seems sometimes and I know it's a second or two but that second or two can feel like a really long time and it just it it messes with the flow of the game it it, it's not good for basketball it's not good for basketball it doesn't do the game any good deed or any service so that is something that Adam Silver and the NBA should work on because we don't want that in our game our game is too good to have that but moving past that because I don't want to talk too much about just a simple a simplicity of a rule that's being taken out of context I want to talk about transition to the Denver Nuggets game against the Sacramento Kings. This was the second night of a back-to-back, both of which are on the road. This is the second time this season the Denver Nuggets have faced off against the Sacramento Kings on the road. The previous game, they played the Phoenix Suns the night before, also won, and then went to Sacramento and got blown out. This game was eerily similar to that game, again, in Sacramento earlier this season. The Nuggets actually had a good first quarter. They closed the first quarter horribly. It was embarrassing to say the least. Peyton Watson made an ill-advised pass to end the first quarter. They were up 35 to 29. Three seconds to go, he makes a pass literally to the other team because he's trying to outlet it. And dude, the points don't matter that much in that moment. The opposing points matter more. And that swing was huge. He took the life out the building or the took the life out the Nuggets team right there. Well, he passes it to the other team. They make a three to make it 35-32. And in the ensuing possession before the Sacramento Kings hit a three to make it 35-29. to 29. And then to open the second quarter, the Sacramento Kings make a three. So they hit three threes in like a span of 35 seconds. It was absurd and took the whole momentum away from the Nuggets. And from that point forward, the Kings really never looked back. They kind of dominated Nuggets from that point forward. The Nuggets were missing two key starters in this game, which is important to point out. KCP missed his second straight game with a hamstring injury. And Michael Porter Jr. was ruled out with some knee inflammation. It was Michael Porter's first missed game in the season he has been arguably one of the Nuggets most durable players this season which is crazy to think about when a few seasons ago there were questions about whether he could even play an entirety of a season much less even half a season and look at him now he went 52 games at 52 and dating back to last season he played 72 straight games so kudos to Michael Porter Jr. he was due for a game off or just a rest whatever you want to call it it's all right He is better when he is healthy and rested, and I think just giving him, whether he's injured or not, which he probably is, giving him that night off allows him to get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, three days off, and then you finish the road trip off in Milwaukee. I think it's good, and then you get KCP just another game off, and then he gets two more days off, Saturday and Sunday, so... Hopefully he can suit up Monday and Michael Porter can also suit up because they will need both of those guys to beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee, which is a tough place to play. But to first talk about the Sacramento Kings game, 
The Nuggets were good in the first quarter. Beyond the first quarter, that was the only quarter that they played well in. I would argue the second quarter wasn't atrociously bad, but it was not good. It's where they lost their lead and where they lost a lot of their momentum. So it could be it could be better, to say the least. Nuggets were outscored in the second, minus 14. Outscored in the third, minus 10. Outscored in the fourth, minus 9. They ended up losing this game 135 to 106. This was an embarrassing game, honestly. I was disappointed with how the Nuggets showed their effort. I know it's always tough back-to-backs on the road, but you need you need more effort, and they just didn't give that tonight, especially when they collapsed at the end of the first quarter. That was the turning point for the game, and you could just feel it. You could absolutely feel it as a fan. It was observant, very clear to the eye, and it was disappointing. But when you're without two of your key starters, this game was going to be a tall mountain to climb anyways in order to win much less being on the second night of a back-to-back. So my expectations for this game were rather low, which is unfortunate because it was game 53 of the season. And at this point in the season, every game is essentially like a must-win game because we're really trying to get that first seed in the Western Conference for home court advantage. And the top of the West is a gauntlet right now. And we only have two more games before the All-Star break following this game. So it's important just to continue to stack those wins and continue to try to get as many as possible. But in this game... Nikola Jokic was about the only Denver Nuggets good player. He had 23 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals. I mean, I don't even think he played that well, but that stat line proves differently. I mean, that's just Nikola Jokic. That's just, that is just his greatness and how good he is. But beyond him, Justin Holiday played all right, filling in for KCP. Peyton Watson also started for Michael Porter Jr. And Peyton Watson just didn't look ready in the starting lineup. That was my biggest takeaway for Peyton Watson is he just didn't look ready. He wasn't prepared for the moment. It seemed he looked like starstruck almost. Fouls continue to be a problem for Peyton Watson. He's got to learn to just control his body a bit more when he is playing defense. He can't pick up early fouls like that. The team needs him. He's a really good role player for the Nuggets and he needs to execute that role and as a starter he's being asked to do too much and that was just partially the reason as to why the Nuggets lost they were just at a challenge from right from the tip off so no excuse 100% we don't we don't give excuses on this podcast because excuses are for the weak-minded like I talked about before but it's hard to win in the NBA on the road on on a back-to-back, so it's nothing to be too concerned about. I do think something to point out, though, is that this game shows how important it is that the Denver Nuggets stay healthy for the playoffs and through their playoffs run because without complete health, the Nuggets do not have a shot at repeating as NBA champions. They need five full health in their starters as well as a healthy Christian Braun Peyton Watson and Reggie Jackson. They need those eight guys to be healthy because that is their eight-man playoff rotation. So that's important. Something that is also worthy of pointing out in this game was Julian Strother saw the court for the first time since early January when he has been out with a right knee contusion. So he had a big brace on. He actually looked solid in his return. He played in the G League one game. He had 20 minutes in this game. A lot of that was garbage time, but he shot the ball three of eight. For one of five shooting from three, with three rounds, two assists, one steal, seven points. He had a minus 18, but that was partially when they were getting blown out, so don't attribute that just to Julian. But he did at one possession almost look like he gave Nikola Jokic a Charlie horse, and that was for sure held my breath right there for a moment when Nikola Jokic fell down because that's our MVP. He's the heart and soul of this team. You need him. Our season is pointless without Nikola Jokic, to be real. So you need him healthy, so thank God he came back, but... This was an ugly game. There's not too much to talk about beyond how ugly it was. The Nuggets didn't play well beyond Jokic. There was no one who played well. They shot the ball poorly. 
Murray was 4 of 10 shooting. The Kings are like one of the worst teams to go up against when you're on the second night of a back-to-back on the road because they are a fast team. They are a young team, and they like to run. De'Aaron Fox is incredibly good. He had 15 points. They had a very equal distribution of points for the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox had 15. Keegan Murray had 17. Sabonis had a 17-point triple-double, 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Sabonis leads the NBA in triple-doubles now, which is crazy with 16. Jokic has 15 for second, but kind of crazy that Sabonis is first in the league in triple-doubles. I don't think if you ask anyone at the start of the season who would be first in triple-doubles this year, people would say Sabonis at this point in the season. Obviously, there's 29 games to go or 30 games to go, depending what team you play for, 31-32. But So there's still one-third of the season to go, roughly. But kind of crazy that he leads the NBA in triple doubles and Sacramento leads the Denver Nuggets in their four game season series two to nothing. So both of the losses have been on the second night of a back-to-back, which is tough. And the first one, they were without Jamal Murray. So they only lost by six. So I'm excited to see the Kings because they come into town next Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets and the Kings then were on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. So that's always tough. They played the Suns the night before. So they're going to hopefully feel what the Denver Nuggets have felt. And hopefully Denver can kind of run them out the gym early in that game. But to transition to the game in Monday in Milwaukee, for the Denver Nuggets to win, there's going to be three keys that I have. The keys are going to be to limit Damian Lillard because when Damian Lillard is not going for the Milwaukee Bucks, it really puts a lot of the load and emphasis on Giannis's shoulders. And he can carry that load 100%. But making him just make shots and play outside the paint is going to be the key to winning the game. So limiting Damian Lillard and his offensive production, limiting Giannis's paints point, limiting Giannis's paints paint points. Jeez, that was a tongue twister rewards right there. Those are the first two keys. And the third key is you got to guard their three point shooters. The Milwaukee Bucks love to shoot the three ball. You've got to close out on their three point shots. And then it, I guess this is a fourth key, but kind of like a three B key going to the closing out in the three-point shots. One of the Nuggets' kryptonites for their season so far is boxing out and getting rebounds on long three-point shots, which the Milwaukee Bucks love to do with Brooke Lopez, Damian Lillard, Malik Bleasley, Pat Cunnington. Their newly acquired Patrick Beverly will shoot threes. I know he's not the best three-point shooter. He's a pest to play against. I'm annoyed that we have to face him for a third time this season, but it is what it is. Hopefully, Jamal Murray shows him who's top dog again, and we can get the win. But in order for the Denver Nuggets to get the win offensively, they're going to need hopefully Michael Porter back in the lineup hitting timely shots like he was against the Lakers. That Michael Porter we saw against the Lakers, if he plays like that consistently, the Denver Nuggets are going to be really tough to beat. Like if he plays like that, I don't see them. I see them repeating as NBA champions to be real. He is the Nuggets X factor. Jamal and Jokic are going to go when they need to. When Michael Porter plays like that, the Nuggets are virtually impossible to beat because your top three guys are combining for 80, shooting the lights out the ball, all shooting threes, all making them at a high percentage rate, and that's really tough. So Michael Porter is going to need his shot to be going. Jamal and Jokic are going to have to play in the pick and roll, and especially one of my focal points that I'd like to point out is when Jamal Murray is in the game with Nikola Jokic, we really need to see an emphasis on the pick and roll because the pick and roll really worked well against the Milwaukee Bucks the other night, or not the other night, the other week when they were in Denver. And that kind of is what led the Denver Nuggets to their win against the Bucks in the fourth quarter when they were at Ball Arena a few weeks ago. And that's what's going to help them get the win Monday night in Milwaukee. So those are my keys for the game. And I really hope that they can get the win to close the road trip two and one. And then you enter the last game before the all-star break against the Sacramento Kings. 
So hopefully they can get the win to close out the road trip strong. But if not, they can hopefully rebound against the Sacramento Kings anyways. So either way, though, the possibility of winning the next two games, I'd say, is pretty even if they can get KCP and Michael Porter Jr. back. If they don't get either one of those guys back, I think it's tough. If they can get one of them back, I think it's all right. They have a better chance. But if they don't have either one of them back for the Milwaukee game, I think you're looking at another uphill battle like we saw against the Sacramento Kings. The Milwaukee Bucks do not play as fast, so I don't think you're worried about getting run out the gym as quickly. And the three-point the three point shooting is deadly, so that hurts 100%. But the running in transition isn't as prominent like the Sacramento Kings like to do. So on that note, though, I would just like to say I hope everyone has a wonderful day who listens to this podcast. And make sure that you stay tuned for upcoming episodes because I have a surprise that I'm doing, which I will announce in my next episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Go Nuggets, let's close this road trip out strong and let's enter the All-Star break with a good record. And then obviously they play the Sacramento Kings before the All-Star break. So make sure you stay tuned for that game and then we have the All-Star break. So enjoy the weekend, guys. And hopefully whoever you want to win the Super Bowl can win. Personally, I'm going for the Chiefs, but we will see who wins.